Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is another great day in Texas agriculture and time once again for Texas Ag Today. Well, did you know the first bale of cotton has been harvested in the nation? And as always, it's right here in Texas. But not as always, it's not in the Rio Grande Valley. That was quite a surprise this year when the first bale came out of the coastal bend. We'll have more on that story coming up in just a bit. Plus, the Texas Tech Vet School is open for business this week. We'll have another story on that coming up later. My name's Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The northeastern Texas Panhandle is a prime area for wheat production. And to help farmers there get ready for the upcoming season, Texas A&M AgriLife is offering a big conference this Thursday. I'm James Hunt and I'll preview that event on Texas Ag Today. Donations from a national funding program help rural communities. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. There's frustration with problems in cattle marketing and it may lead to change. I'm Gary Joyner and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The nation's first bale of cotton has been harvested and ginned, and it didn't come from the Rio Grande Valley this year. Last year, the first bale of cotton was harvested on June 18th in the Rio Grande Valley. This year, it was harvested on July the 18th in the coastal bend. That's Butch Raker, BASF Senior Agronomic Solutions Advisor for South Texas. He says the first bale this year was grown by Priestley Farms, which is a partnership of Walter Priestley, Larry Hellman, and Chris Hellman, headquartered in Nueces County. Walter reached out on, on that Sunday the 18th and inquired if the first bale had been harvested. So I, I got on the phone that, was that afternoon late. And come to find out it hadn't. It looked like it may be sometime that following week. Nothing was for sure. And uh, lo and behold, I got a video just a little bit later. Walter was harvesting the first bale. The cotton was taken to the King Ranch Gin, which was generous enough to fire up the gin and get that first cotton of the season ginned and baled. Raker says that first bale, which was a BASF Fibermax 1830 GLT variety, will be taken down to the Rio Grande Valley and auctioned off to raise money for agricultural scholarships. The new Texas Tech Vet School is opening its doors this week. Jessica Domel has more. This week, the first class of students will begin arriving at the Texas Tech University School of Veterinary Medicine. Guy Lonergan, dean of the school, says it is exciting that after years of work, that inaugural class will finally arrive at the campus in Amarillo. It's hard to believe it's real. You know, you wake up in the morning and wonder if it's a dream, but this is a project that has been a long, long 
time coming. There are a lot of really good people that have been working on it to make that vision a reality. So it is truly exciting to work with a great team. It's fantastic to look forward to meeting our first students and beginning their academic journey with them is exciting as well. So, you know, really is thrilling to think that we get to be part of a team that is working together for something that so many people have worked on for so long. Classes at the new veterinary school begin August 16th. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cotton market has been topping 90 cents recently. Cotton market analyst O.A. Cleveland says you can thank strong worldwide demand for that. We, on any given day, we have about 100 million people around the world shopping for blue jeans. So it's just huge demand. Denim is back in style. Again, demand has just been the big engine that's driving this market. Cleveland says that strong demand should continue through the rest of this year. The northeastern Texas panhandle is a prime area for wheat production. James Hunt tells us there's a big conference coming up there to help farmers prepare for the upcoming wheat growing season. On Thursday, it's the 23rd annual Wheat Heart Wheat Conference at the Ockletree County Expo Center in Periton. The conference is co-hosted by the AgriLife Extension offices that serve Ockletree, Hemp Hill, Lipscomb, Hansford, Roberts, and Hutchinson counties. So it's a regional event, and Ockletree County Extension agent Scott Strawn expects a good crowd. We're excited this year because our wheat yields were good this year in the county and the surrounding area. Price is good, and it's looking good into the future, so I think there's going to be some interest this year, just because wheat's looking more profitable than it has been in several years. And the economics of wheat will be a focus of the conference, along with getting a grain market outlook from Texas A&M agriculture economist Mark Welch, who is based in College Station. Strawn says conference participants will also hear from AgriLife's economist for the panhandle, Dr. Justin Benavidez. He's going to focus in on some budgets and look at some different options with wheat. Besides just going to grain, we're going to look at grazing and even stalker cattle. From what he says, the projections for stalker cattle on wheat this coming fall and winter looks promising. And so he wants to kind of lay that out and give us some strategies related to that. And that'll be something different, you know, for some people to consider. Also scheduled to speak are AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell and Darby Campsey of Texas Wheat Producers. Once again, the Wheat Heart Wheat Conference is this Thursday at the Ockletree County Expo Center in Periton. Registration begins at 8.30 a.m., cost is $10, the event does include a lunch, and offers one general CEU for pesticide applicators. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas farmers have a chance to help nonprofit youth and school organizations this year. Tom Nicoletti tells how. Eligible farmers and ranchers across Texas and the nation can enroll in the Bear Funds America's Farmers Grow Communities program for the chance to direct a donation to a local eligible nonprofit, school, or ag program. 
To talk more about this program, we go to Erin Glarner. She is Bear Community Outreach Manager. And Erin, in 2022, the Bear Fund will double the individual donations to $5,000, up from $2,500 in previous years for this program. Why the increase and what's the significance? So this year is the first year that we have made the decision to double our donation amount. And that decision was made because we saw a greater need in rural communities, whereas in the past we have had a few different America's Farmers uh, programs that have supported rural communities. We rolled everything up into the single Grow Communities program, so we saw a greater need within communities to double that donation amount for individuals. What is the goal of the program? So we actually partner with farmers and growers in rural communities to help strengthen their communities. Part of this mission is we've teamed up with farmers. We've awarded more than $60 million to rural communities to just help strengthen communities in their areas. That's $60 million to thousands of nonprofit organizations, schools, and ag students across rural America since 2010. A number of those programs have been implemented here in the state. More on the impact for Texas on our next program with Bears Aaron Glarner. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are a lot of frustrations right now with how the cattle market is working, and it's getting a lot of attention. Gary Joyner explains. There's a lot of attention these days on the beef supply chain, and for good reason. Even before the pandemic, farmers and ranchers watched as the price for their cattle fell while the price for beef leaving processing facilities increased. During the pandemic, the same trends were amplified and the effect was more widespread. Wholesale beef prices went up 25% in just seven days while the price paid to ranchers dropped. The question is, what can be done about it? Several key issues are being discussed by the cattle industry and by federal lawmakers. The issues include the consolidation of the meat processing industry, the lack of price discovery and transparency, oversight, and the country's meat processing capacity. For every $1 Americans spend on food, just 14.3 cents go to farmers and ranchers, and they don't get to set the price of their products. A fair and transparent market for livestock producers is critical. Frustration with problems in cattle marketing may lead to change. Ranchers in Texas and across the country deserve to have confidence that they are being treated fairly in the cattle marketplace. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Federation surveyed its members to find out what gaps they face in qualifying for coverage under the Wildfire and Hurricane Indemnity Program, or WHIP. Chad Smith has more from Washington. The American Farm Bureau recently surveyed state farm bureaus and found a number of gaps faced in trying to qualify for claims under the WIP Plus program. Danny Munch, associate economist with AFBF, offers some examples of the challenges farmers and ranchers must overcome. One example that represents some of the nuances of the WIP policy handbook is that losses had to be related and concurrent to a qualifying disaster. For instance, if you had a wildfire in September and then a 
mudslide in November that happened because of the wildfire damage. Only the wildfire damage was eligible and not the mudslide damage. Some other specific conditions such as smoke-tainted grapes, derecho out in Iowa, hailstorms, D2, which is severe drought, and rangeland damages were not eligible under the prior framework of WIP+. He says closing gaps in the coverage can only happen from a policy standpoint. The House Agriculture Committee marked up several bills which consider extending WIP+. And some of the conclusions from those discussions was not only a proposal for $8.5 billion in assistance under WIP+, for 2020 and 2021, but coverage for a wider range of conditions such as smoke-tainted grapes, the derecho, D2 drought, and some losses related to power loss. So that will help cover some of those extra gaps and related losses that I was talking about. The Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee approved $6.2 billion in their version of the extension, trying to help fill those gaps. One of the major takeaways from the Farm Bureau survey was the diversity of American agriculture and how challenging farming and ranching can be. How does that relate to a uniform program meant to provide assistance for disasters? For instance, rangeland out west was not covered. And in a place like Arizona or New Mexico, most of your counties, rangeland is the primary agricultural commodity. So drought that impacts those regions did not qualify for disaster assistance. Learn more at fb.org. From Washington, I'm Chad Smith for Texas Ag Today. Bagging a dove this season could win you a brand new truck. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the Texas A&M School of Veterinary Medicine is looking for older dogs for a dog aging study. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that study coming up right after this on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The Texas A&M Vet School is conducting a study on dog aging. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd says your dog may be able to help in this study. There are an estimated 90 million dogs in the United States, and nearly 30,000 dog owners have volunteered for this community service project. However, the researchers are still looking for more dogs to participate in the research. While all breeds of dogs are welcome to join the study, the researchers are specifically looking for large breed dogs between 70 to 100 pounds other than labs, other retrievers, and German shepherds, as these breeds are very common. Giant breeds over 100 pounds are also needed, as are hounds, spaniels, pointers, terriers, and pit bulls. Working dogs are also needed, like herding and service dogs. The researchers are looking for dogs from all different type environments, including rural and suburban areas and large cities. Puppies are especially beneficial to the project, as they can be followed for the entire 10 years of the study. The researchers include experts in genetics, microbiology, toxicology, cardiology, and canine cognition, as well as a clinical trial of the drug rapamycin. 
The goal is to develop interventions that will help dogs live longer, healthier lives. The Dog Aging Project is a 10-year, $23 million project funded by the National Institute of Aging and is due to the remarkable similarities between humans and their canine companions and are hoping that the findings will have some applications to aging in people. To participate in the Dog Aging Project, simply go to dogagingproject.org. Again, that is dogagingproject.org, and you can nominate one dog per household. You will be asked to fill out an annual health survey plus other surveys throughout the year, and the researchers are wanting to have 60,000 dogs enrolled by this summer. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Bagging a dove this season could win you a brand new truck. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. Over the past few days and over the next couple of weeks, the Texas Dove Hunters Association will be busy releasing banded Eurasian collared doves in anticipation of this year's banded bird challenge. The annual event rewards dove hunters who bag a Eurasian collared dove and report the band number back to the association. Bobby Thornton, who co-founded the Texas Dove Hunters Association with his wife, explains. Banded bird challenges. It's a research program that we have on Eurasian collared dove, and it's also a promotional marketing tool for encouraging people to report their band when they harvest one. We award a gift or a prize with that band. If you're entered in the contest, you have a chance to win some great prizes. You could win a new truck or a Polaris or some exotic game hunts, just a number of different really great prizes. And then if you're not entered and you harvest a band, what we do is we still give uh, each of the band recipients a membership to Texas Dove Hunters Association, as well as a certificate with information on that bird that tells them distance it's traveled and how many days since it was last trapped, banded, and then harvested. Each year, the challenge helps the association gather data on the invasive species and how it could possibly be impacting our native dove populations. To be eligible to win one of this year's prizes, you must be registered before hunting. The Banded Bird Challenge opens September 1st and runs through the end of the year. You can see this year's prizes, read the rules, and register at bandedbirdchallenge.com. That is bandedbirdchallenge.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. So how did the agricultural markets kick off the week on Monday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields. It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was an interesting start to our week Monday, with most markets trading lower for part of the day at least. The cattle markets were no exception. 
Live cattle were trading lower for much of the day on spillover pressure from hog and corn prices. October live cattle ended the day down 40 cents to 127.47. December live cattle were down 42 cents to 132.90. September feeder cattle down 12 cents to 163.20. October feeder cattle down 7 cents to 165.70. Now let's check the livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, when you hear the auctioneer sound, it's time to head to that Colach capital of Texas, Caldwell, and talk to Carl Herman at Caldwell Livestock Commission Company. Carl, what did your Wednesday sale look like? You know, we really had a good sale yesterday, Larry. Had uh, right out 900 on a higher calf market and cow market for 132 consigners and 45 buyers. We had over 100 cows and bulls yesterday. Slaughter cows 40 to 85. Slaughter bulls 65 to 96. Stalker cows 720 to 1250. And the pairs 1075 to 1500. On the calf side, on the steers, two to three weight steers, 207 to 220. Three to four weights, 179 to 220. Four to five weight steers, 160 to 202. Five to six weight steers, 150 to 167. The six to seven weights brought 141 to 161. And the seven to eight weights, 137 to 150. On the heifers, two to three weight heifers, 150 to 165. Three to four weights, 157 to 177. Four to five weight heifers brought 146 to 197. Five to six weights, 145 to 170. Six to seven weights, 138 to 165. And the seven to eight weights, 127 to 151. Overall, calf market's really good. We had a lot of good calves yesterday, and uh, the Packer cow market uh, continues to be strong. We look forward to next week. If anybody wants to talk to you about a consignment or something they need to purchase, tell them how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. My number is 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. If you're in the Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. I'm the host of Walking the Pins. Lean hogs were limit down Monday due to volatility in pork cutout values. October lean hogs down $3 to $84.60. October cotton down 112 points to $91.30. December cotton down 80 points to $90.90. Mixed rain over the weekend in the Corn Belt and Texas corn harvest impacted corn prices Monday. September corn down four and three quarters to five fifty and a quarter. December corn down two and three quarters to five fifty three and three quarters. Crude oil fell more than 2% Monday, according to Reuters. That's likely due to concerns of COVID-related restrictions in Asia. Um, Analysts fear that that could slow global recovery in fuel demand. October crude oil down $1.56 to $66.54 a barrel. Now let's check on our financial markets. The Dow down 76 points to 35,131. The S&P 500 down one point to 4,435. The NASDAQ was up 39 points to 14,875. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.